let it go. And uh, when we come to the end of the year, you know, you cannot do anything about what happened last January, February, March, or up to now. You can't do anything, it's gone. What you can do, though, is thank God for the good things and let go of the stuff that you do not want to bring into 2015. Because we do not want to be carting our baggage, do we, and our great big heavy suitcases, and we're meant to be running, and we can't run if we're weighed down with 2014 when we're meant to be jumping, yahooing, excited into 2015. So this morning, I would like to say, let it go. Now, I did have a clip, but Frozen wouldn't work. I was going to sing to you, no, I wasn't, but this, <laughs> let it go. Who knows the song, let it go, is one of the top singles the top singles of 2014 was the Frozen song. Shara, how does it go? Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Leave the past behind. So and you got saved from the karaoke version of that. But um, that's what I want to talk about this morning is letting it go. And uh, so you ready? Yes. Are you ready to let all that stuff go? All right, so let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your love for us, that there is no condemnation in you, that you love us so much that you don't want us to leave us in the stuff that can get us in, weighed down and take life from us. And so I pray this morning, Holy Spirit, as I speak, that you would just show each one of us where we need to let go of the past, let go of any disappointments, let go of any negative stuff from this year so that we might run the race and run joyfully and live in 2015 more joyfully and more fully. So Holy Spirit, come and just show us where we need to let go. We pray in Jesus' name. All right. If you've got with, turn with me in your Bibles or your phones or whatever you've got, what gadget, to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. If you haven't got a Bible, that's all right. I can just read along, listen along with me. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. It says, But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward for those things which are ahead. This is a good time to stop. And to look at our year and go, you know what? I want to leave that back here. I don't want to take that this into 2015. And we need to stop. Because you know what? If you don't reflect, if you don't reassess, if you don't take an inventory of your life every now and then, and New Year is great for that, then you just keep on carrying the same stuff around and you wonder why you feel weighed down, why you wonder why life is not how it should be. And God says very clearly, forgetting those things. You know, Paul, when he wrote that, he was hearing from the Holy Spirit and he's saying, I've got a race to run and I know I've messed up. You know, he was one of the greatest persecutors of the early church. And if he had not left what he'd done behind so that he could take hold of what God had taken hold of him for, he wouldn't have been able to do what he did. He spread the gospel all over the world. He wrote, you know, he listened to God and he wrote a lot of the New Testament. If he had not left behind the man that he used to be, before he knew God, he would not have been able to do what God asked him to do. He would not have been able to live the life that God had planned for him. 
So it's a good thing this time of the year, and I know this might be, oh my goodness, I've got to think and reflect, but it's good for us. It is good for us. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's good for us. It's good for us. To reflect and stop and go, what am I taking with me? What hopes and dreams and goals am I taking forward into the new year? And what baggage and what stuff and weights am I also carrying? And what sort of life have I been living? And what sort of life do I want to live in the new year? And you've got to stop to do that. Okay? So I encourage you to do that. And I know God's going to speak to some of it, all of us actually, when we're hearing this this, this morning. And, if you, and you know, as you get that thought, oh, I've just got to leave that behind, just write it down on a piece of paper so that you can just go and take some time over the next few days before the new year starts. Just go, I don't want to take that into the new year. But one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to those things which Jesus has given me, that he has set before me. Because God has a plan and a purpose for each of us. And you know, Jeremiah, if you've been in church a little while, you'll know the scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11. In the Old Testament, it says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That's what God says. He actually thinks about his. He says, I- I'm thinking about you. My thoughts are towards you. Isn't that awesome? The God of the universe actually thinks about us. He does. He knows every hair upon your head. You know, he knows every wrinkle on your face. He knows what's going on inside. You can't keep things hidden from him. And he, he says, I know the thoughts I have towards you. They're good thoughts. They're, ban- they're plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope, hope and a future. Amen? And then one of my favourite scriptures in the Bible is John chapter 10, verse 10. And a lot of you would have heard me preach on that before. It says I, that Jesus said, I have come to give you fullness and abundant life. The thief, the devil, comes to steal and kill and rob and destroy. But he says, I have come to give you life and life abundant, overflowing, fullness, a life, life. Yeah? And that word actually in the Greek, and I did a little Greek study because the New Testament was written in Greek first and sometimes our English translation misses a little bit of it. So you've got to go back and have a look sometimes. And so if you're Greek, you'll know that the life means zoe. Zoe. And it's a small little Greek word, Z-O-E, but it has a massive meaning. Are you ready for this? Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life more abundant. That word life in the Greek text there, when he said it, I have come to give you life, it means not just life as we think of it, living or being alive or just simply breathing, but the word Zoe means eternal life, never-ending life, life as God has it. Think about that for a minute. Life as God has it. Everyone is breathing. Well, if you're alive, you're breathing. Just check your heart rate. (laughs) But in the sense of that's just physically existing. But God wants more for us than that. And he says, Zoe, Jesus said, I have come to give you Zoe. I have come to give you life as God has in himself. The God kind of life. So think about your life for a minute. Think about the places in your life where maybe it's hard or it's 
just a drudge, right? And it's like, well, that's not actually what God wants for you. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have trials, but it does mean, God says, that you will come through it, that all things are possible for you, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? Because his life, his Zoe, his overcoming God kind of life is on the inside of us. And too often we're trying to do life and our little thing, and they've got this life inside of us that God put there, and we're not tapping into it. We're trying to do things apart from him. He says, I have come to give you life, Zoe. That means God kind of life. And he says, just take it. John chapter 1 verse 4 says, In him, the word, Jesus, was life. So if you've got Jesus in your life, you have that type of Zoe life. In him, the word Jesus was life. In him is life. Outside of him, it's hard work. But in him, there is life. And Jesus says, I'm in you and you're in me. We're together. We're connected now. When you know Jesus and you've asked him to be part of your life, you're in him and he's in you by the power of his Holy Spirit. And you have the life of God. You have the God kind of life flowing on the inside of you. Sometimes just too often we try to step out of that and do our own little world thing, do it in the flesh. I can do it because we're independent wallies. And, and he's saying, what are you doing? It's like, you know, we've got this little trickle happening and that's us trying to do stuff and here's this massive waterfall. Just get under the spout where the glory comes out. Yeah? Get under him because it's in you already and we try to do it separate from him because Jesus says, I have come to give you Zoe, life more abundant, eternal life, God kind of life. You know, you look at heaven... You look at when the Bible talks about heaven and the experience heavenly things, it's life. Everything's beautiful and it's, it's, it's flowing and there's, there's good stuff happening and it's fruitful. Yeah? And too often we're puddling around in the stuff of the world, which is death. Because apart from him, there's nothing. So God says, I came to give you life and uh, eternal life. And it's in Jesus. You know, when Adam and Eve... Eve, they were in the garden and you go back right to Genesis. They were given everything. They had everything and they had that Zoe life. They had a light on the inside of them and I've talked about they didn't need to be clothed with clothes because they were clothed with light. You know, we see the little palm branches and pictures of them. They didn't actually look naked because they were clothed in light because God is light and they had that light on the inside of them and clothed them all around because they had God's life in them. And when they took the fruit that weren't meant to, that God said to them, if you take from this tree, you will die. He wasn't meaning a physical death because they lived a long time after they actually took the fruit. He was meaning you'll die on the inside. Your spirit will die because the light will go out. That life, that Zoe will go out. And so when, when, when they did that, that eternal life, that God kind of life went out and instead they, they were still breathing but their spirits weren't. Their spirit got dark and the flow of the God kind of life stopped because the connection with God stopped. And when we don't know God, it's like everything is so much harder because that connection with that life that flows into us isn't there. You know, relationships get harder. Everyday life is harder. That's where the toil comes from, <laughs> the sweat to survive. But, you know, the God kind of life, the blessing type kind of life, the joy that comes not from just everything being happy, but a joy on the inside. 
That's the kind of life that God came to give us. And Jesus, when he went to the cross, he got that life back for us. He died and he conquered death and he took back that life for us. And he says, here you are. Here's Zoe. Here's life. Here's eternal life. Here's the God kind of life that you were created to live. We were not created to live in darkness. We were not created to toil and sweat and worry and stress and strain and all those things that the world will tell you you have to do to make it. We were not created for that. We were created for Zoe, the God kind of life where we walk in blessing, where he, over the blessing of the Lord, overtakes us, where he makes all things work together for good, where he says that nothing is impossible for you, where he says, my power isn't working you and you just trust me and you step where I tell you to step and things will work out. That's the God kind of life that he asks us to live. And too often we are trying too hard all the time and we stress and we strive and we struggle and we're not meant to. We've just got to stay connected to that life that is already planted on the inside of you. And I know we've read Basil the branch before, you know, the, the, the branch of the little bunch of grapes and he's trying to produce fruit and he's trying to, you know, he's this little branch and he's meant to be producing grapes on his branch and, and he's sat, sitting there and for months and months, why can't I, why can't I produce this nice fruit? And you know, the fruit of love and kindness, you know, it's like a little bunch of grapes and he's trying so hard and nothing's happening. He can't even produce a sultana. Yeah? And he's trying so hard. And then a voice behind him said, what are you doing? He said, I'm working so hard to produce good stuff. And I'm working so hard to do what I was made to do. And he says, well, what are you doing? And he says, well, who are you? He says, I'm the vine and you're the branch. You just have to focus on me and you'll produce fruit. So Basil the branch just relaxes and just focuses on the vine, which is Jesus. And then right time at the right season, that good stuff came out. And he was a lovely bunch of grapes. Yeah? Because why? Because Zoe, the life, the God kind of life, was flowing into him. But when we try to do it ourselves, you're just going to get exhausted, get a face full of wrinkles, look stressed, your hair might even fall out. (laughs) Ladies. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Are you getting what I'm saying? God wants us to have Zoe... Zoe, life, God kind of life, and he wants that life for us in, the, in this year. Because you can see, and I know as I'm talking, you'll be going, oh, I didn't, I didn't have that kind of life. I was trying and I was struggling and things happened and I just let go of the, of the vine. I let go of Jesus and that life of God couldn't flow into me because I, was, I let go. And I want to remind you today, take hold of all the life that God has for you. He planted Zoe, God kind of life on the inside of you. Just let it flow. Just let it flow. God created us to have life abundant, overflowing life, the blessing. I don't, you know, it doesn't mean that we're not going to come to things that are going to be a little bit of a, you know, hard, hard thing sometimes. But he says, I have overcome them. You are more than a conqueror. Nothing is impossible. All things work together for good. Now you either can just listen to the world going, oh no, he's gonna, the world's going to blow up. Somebody's going to blow you up. You know, watch out, be afraid of all these things. You can be afraid and you just have to watch the news for five minutes and you'll, you'll, feel, you'll feel the fear rising up because your mind is full of those things. Or you can get back into here and say, you know what? I have the life of God in me. He says that he's got, he's got a plan for me, that he has given me a hope and a future and you do not have 
have to be afraid. You can choose life or you can choose the world. I'm choosing life. I'm choosing abundant life. I'm choosing the God kind of life that he has for us. And it's a choice every day. It's our choice whether we choose life or whether we choose death, the world. They're not the same, you know. When God puts, puts that life inside of us, when you ask Jesus into your heart, he put life in the inside of you and you're not the same. Now your soul, your spirit, you, you know, they're separate. But your soul, your mind and your emotions, they take a little while to catch up with what God has done on the inside of you. When you ask Jesus into your life, you've got that life on the inside of you. But the rest of you needs to be reminded about it. Your mind has to come in line with what God has done already. Your emotions need to be reminded to get into line and not have a spack attack. Yeah? That you don't have to be afraid. Why don't you have to be afraid? Because I have a God kind of life. Because he said he'll look after me. And it's all in there. But we have to make a choice every day. Am I going to live the God kind of life? And what he says how to live? Or am I going to keep on stepping back over here? I'm going to live this type of life, a God kind of life. Because I don't want to be weighed down with all the luggage and baggage when God says, run the race, and I'm trying to carry all this stuff. And I know we all do it. Monday morning you do it. Yeah? Especially if the kids are on holiday and they're screaming around the house for a few days. We go, oh my goodness. Yeah? Mine are all little blessings. They don't do that. Yeah. They're not. They're gorgeous. <laughs> But, you know, we just don't come the day for swimming lessons start. <laughs> but it's like we have a choice. We're not, we're not the same. God calls us a new creation. He says, you're a new creation. The old is gone. Forget about the past. Stop picking up that dead hag thing. You know, we're picking up this old black thing, this old skeleton, and we're carrying around our old life. And God says, when you came to me, when you gave your life to me, you became a new creation on your spirit. It became bling, 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 alive again. The lights went back on again. You just got to get your mind and your emotions to go back to where that is too. You just get them in line and say, I'm a new creation. I'm loved by God. I'm more than a conqueror. The past is gone. It doesn't matter where I came from, what crazy family I came from, what disease Jesus they may have had. It doesn't matter what may have happened in the past because it says forget the past, turn away from it and run the race. And sometimes I tell you what, you've got to run. Yeah, I'm leaving that. I don't want that following me. You've got to draw a line in the sand and say enough. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. He has set me free from all that. And if you keep on going back and get in the little conversation again, you're going to get pulled back into it and you'll get weighed down and you wonder what the matter is. You know, sometimes I've got to hold the phone away. Yeah. You hear? All the drama's going on, and I've just got to, I hear God say, get the phone away. Because if I know I listen to that, I'm going to pull back. Pull back into that. That's not God's kind of life for us. It doesn't mean that we're not compassionate and caring, but God has an answer. And it's not you getting weighed down by all your family drama, or all the sickness somebody has, or all the money troubles that are on the news. Blah, 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 blah. You know now. Come on. Yeah, it's our choice whether we choose, I'm going to live God's kind of life, and that isn't it. And we've got to just come and put a boundary in and go, you know what? No. No. We've got to choose to, to choose every day that I'm going to live God's kind of life and to let go. So how do we do that? It's by letting it go. Letting go of our old way of doing and thinking and actions. So think through your year. 
Where can you let go? Of the way you've been thinking, the way you act, your emotions, where can you let go? Because there comes a point where you've got to let go. You've got to go, I don't want to take this anymore. I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to be weighed down by this stuff anymore. I choose to let that go. That is my past. And I walk forward. And sometimes you've got to run. Run forward. Let go of the past, the disappointments. Forgive. Forgive. You know, you're not going to feel it. And your mind's going to remind you of all the things I've done. But just, I choose to forgive. You know why you can do that? Because you're not doing it by yourself anymore. You've got God's love inside of you. And where you run out, he steps in. Where you run out, he steps in. But you've got to choose, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to have God kind of life. And so you let go of past hurts and disappointments and unforgiveness and bitterness and loss and lack. You know, we've got to live this every, every day, every week, every year. We have to live this because stuff comes. Jesus himself said, you will have trials and tribulations. But guess what? I have overcome them. I've overcome them with my love for you, with my power, with my grace. I have overcome them. But we, our job, let it go. Sing it again. <laughs> That's right. Let it go. Now, now you'll never think of that song again. You'll go, let it go. Yep. Let it go. Let it go. Hebrews 12, 1 says, to let, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that set before him endured the cross. The Amplified Society this way, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, every unnecessary weight that, that sin so readily and deftly and cleverly clings to us and entangles us Chuck it off and run. Run the race, looking away from all that will distract us from Jesus and his type of life, his God kind of life, because he is your leader and the source of your faith. Let it go. Get it off. Don't let those chains hold you anymore. You are set free. You say, Jesus, I thank you. And you just take hold of all that he has done for you. You know, he went to the cross so you could let go. He went to the cross so you could be free from your past. He went to the cross so you didn't have to be weighed down by any generational curses, any family dramas. Oh, well, my parents had that. My grandfather had that. My great aunt had that. And they all had this. He went to the cross so you were free from that. You can't tell me that the blood of Jesus can't break all the stuff that the enemy would try to bring into your family line to curse you with. Yeah? You cannot tell me that because I'm living testimony that is not true. Yeah? It's not true. The blood of Jesus, what he did on the cross for us, breaks that curse. That's curses, that family stuff that keeps on happening over and over and over again. And you've got to put a line on the sand and say, not anymore. Not on my watch. Not in my family. Not in my hour. Yeah? You do not have to be afraid. I don't care if a great aunt Bertha, Uncle Sam, your grandfather, your great great grandfather died of cancer, had a heart attack, had bypasses, had mental illness, every marriage broke up. You know, you do not have to take that. Come on now. Come on now, because Jesus, when he said, I bore every sickness, every disease, every disappointment, everything the devil would try to throw at you, he says, I bore it for you. 
That's why the cross is so important, what he did. Because you do not have to be under that. You don't. You don't. Amen? But you've got to say, I'm taking God's kind of life and I'm letting go and leaving that stuff behind. You make a choice. Everybody makes a choice. You know, and you'll come across Christians who haven't made that choice. Don't let them get around me. I get a little bit feisty. But, you know, you haven't made a choice. But we've got to make this choice. I'm going to take hold of Zoe. Zoe, God kind of life. And I'm going to leave everything else behind. Amen? So what sort of life are you living? Take an inventory check of your life. Do you want to live life like you did last year, this year that's passed, or do you want to have something else happening? Is your life just a life that's been existing, simply physical, or do you want a God kind of life? You choose every day, you choose today, to let go and let God in. Because he doesn't want us to be just half alive. You know, there's a saying, there's a saying, Mum and I have it actually, it's called, that's a dead man walking. You can see it in people's faces. You can see it in their eyes sometimes. They're a dead man walking because the light's off on the inside. But sometimes as Christians, we can get so weighed down that the light's half off on the inside because we just keep on switching over to the past. That dead hag thing keeps on rising up. Yeah? And it's like we just, he doesn't want us to be half alive. While you've got breath in you, while your heart is beating, while your mind is working, while you've got any, any limbs working at all. Amen. He wants us. He wants us to live. Zoe, God kind of life. Life abundant. Because anything else, that's the devil stealing from you. And he's a stinker. He's a hairy-legged, you know, stinky. Comes and tries to rob and steal and kill and destroy from you. And if you let him, he will. You have Zoe life on the inside of you. So I want you to just say, Lord, I let go and let flow. Let it flow. Let the life that you have planted in me, let it flow out. You don't have to stress and struggle to do that. you just got to let go. And when the enemy comes and goes, eh, your family's like that, or you get that phone call, or you get that bill, you say, no, God, I trust you. I just trust what your word says, and I grab hold of life that you came to give me. It doesn't matter where you've came from. It doesn't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter what your past is. You know, read through all the New Testament and you read Mary Magdalene. You know, she was a prostitute. She had been used by many men. And, she, and everybody just was, you know, she was an outcast of her people. And yet she came to Jesus and knelt at his feet. And he loved her and blessed her and set her free. And she got Zoe. She got life, the God kind of life. And she was a changed woman. You look at Peter, he was one of the disciples, he was called as a fisherman and, the, and he spent three years with Jesus, he did miracles with him, he saw him do all the, you know, multiplying the bread and the, and the fish and walking, he walked on water, this dude walked on water and yet when it came to the crunch time, the moment when he could have shone for Jesus, what did he do? He denied him and he didn't just deny him once or twice, he denied him three times that he didn't even know him because he was a scaredy cat. Yeah, but what did Jesus do? He, he just loved him, and if three times he allowed him to say, I love you, Jesus. He said, Peter, and he says, I love you, Lord. And he asked him again, Peter, and he says, I love you, God. Third time, and Peter got a bit upset and says, you know I love you, God. And he says, I oh, know, but I'm just letting you tell me again. Yeah, he had to let go of that mess up. He had to let go of that disappointment and go, I messed up. 
I denied God. I denied the Son of God who I'd seen and knew who he was and I denied him before men. And Jesus said, come on now. It's okay. Forget about the past and just love me. Just love me. The lame man at the pool, he was sitting there and he'd been sitting there and there was, a, there was a, an angel would come down and stir the waters every now and then and this man had been sitting there year after year after year and it was the first couple of people that could get into the pool that were healed and he was sitting there and he, and he was never... And, and Jesus comes and says, what are you doing? He says, well, I can never get there first because um, people... And I've got nobody to help me. And he just reaches out his hand and says, be healed. Now, he could have chosen there, oh, no, this isn't going to work because it hasn't worked before. Or he could have grabbed hold of Jesus, or he could have grabbed hold of Jesus and said, "Okay, you beauty." What did he do? He forgot his past and he grabbed hold of Jesus and said, "Yes." And that man stood up and he walked. Yeah, Amen. Zacchaeus. He was a little dude in the Bible. Short, short, short. You know, and he couldn't see over the crowd. He was a tax collector. He was not liked by the people. He used to take too much. Actually, he made himself wealthy and fat. I always imagine him as a little fat dude. But he, you know, he he kind of lined his wallet with everybody else's money. He was a no good thief, and he was not liked by his people. He worked for the enemy. And here he was, he says, I want to see this guy, Jesus. I've heard about him healing the sick. I've heard about that he loves everybody. I've heard that he accepts everybody. I've heard that he eats with tax collectors and sinners and he parties with them. I want to see this man. And so he climbs up a sycamore tree, which is lots of branches. That's why it was a sycamore tree. It was easy to climb, especially if you're short. And he sat up in the branches and he looked and here's Jesus coming along. And what does Jesus do? Does he keep on walking? No. He says, Zacchaeus, what are you doing up there? Come down. And everybody goes, do you know who that is? Do you know who that is? Now the devil does that. He's the one that intimidates and accuses and negotiates. And he says to us sometimes, do you know what you did? Do you know? God God doesn't want to know you. You know what you've done. You know what you think. And he... And here's Zacchaeus going, do I come down the tree? Well, you... Yep, I'm coming down. So he comes down, the short little, hello, Jesus. <laughs> and, he's, and Zacchaeus says, I'm coming to you. You know, Zacchaeus, hello, Jesus. And Jesus says to him, I'm coming to your house for dinner tonight. And whispering in the crowd, do you know who this is? This is a thief. He takes all our money. He's made himself rich. What would you want to go and hang out with him for? But Zacchaeus didn't care. He welcomed Jesus and his disciples into his home and they had a great big party and Zacchaeus' heart was so touched by the love of God for him that he said, I'm going to repay four times what I have taken to everybody I've thieved from. And so he did because he chose, I make a choice today that I am going to take hold of the life of Zoe life, the God kind of life, and I'm going to leave my old life behind. And he was transformed, and you don't read about him anymore as a thief. He was a man who had Jesus in his house and was transformed and changed, and it was a blessing to people. See, it doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter where you've messed up. You could have even denied knowing Jesus. And if he did it for Peter, he says there's no respecter of persons. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it for Peter... Where you could have even said, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not a Christian. Oh, I don't know, I want to know God. You know, and even Peter. It doesn't matter what your family background is. It doesn't matter where you've, if you've done dirty dealings, any of that. If you come to God, he says, I will take all that and you can leave all that behind. And you can leave the year behind 
all the stinky bits, all the great bits, all the disappointments, you can leave it behind and take hold of life, the God kind of life that God has for us now. You don't have to wait to 2015. It can start now. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you that you love us so much, that you don't want to leave us in the puddle that we sometimes get ourselves in, that you love us so much that you reach out and you take hold of us and say, take hold of my life. Let my life flow through you. And this morning we come to you and we just ask that you take all of this past year, Lord, all of the relationship things, the financial stuff, the family stuff, all the stuff that's hidden in our hearts and our minds, Lord, that you would take it and we give it to you. We let it go. We let it go. Forgetting those things that are behind, we turn and we run towards you and the kind of life that you want for us, Lord. And we thank you for Zoe, God kind of life, overflowing abundant life and the hope and the future we have in you. Lord, forgive us where we've messed up. Forgive us where we know that we have missed it. Forgive us where we've done things that weren't pleasing to you. Forgive us where we haven't trusted you enough or chosen not to connect with you and haven't chosen you, Lord. Forgive us and cleanse us from that and fill us with your life right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just ask you come and touch every person and release that Zoe life to flow more freely.